Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is win like a Navy SEAL with my friend, Sean Matson. How's it going, Sean? Great, great. Thanks, uh, Joe. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I am very excited to have you on my podcast. Anyone who endures my podcast on a regular basis hears me blather on about Navy SEALs. And it's not just Navy SEALs. I, I, I should always clarify Anybody who's been through that military training, and I was, I'm the same way about college athletes, people who train at a much higher level than most of us. And I think there's so much we can learn from you guys. So, Sean, before I blather on too long here, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yeah. So my name, again, Sean Matson, former Navy SEAL. I spent from 2005 to 2018 as a SEAL, did five deployments. Ten of those years were active. The other three were reserves. Um, right now, I'm calling in from Virginia Beach. So after getting stationed here, I decided to stay here and live here. And uh, I've started a few different companies with my business partner, who's also a, a former SEAL. He and I went through BUDS together, so basic underwater demolition. He was an academy grad. I went to VMI. And you know, so he and I have known each other since 2005 and been you know, best friends since and pushed each other pretty hard through some fun times and also some pretty challenging times and you know, ended up going into business with each other. So Right. So what are your businesses? Yeah. So the, 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 the first one that we started together is a combination of his last name and my last name. It's called Matbach. Not to be confused with the TV show Matlock, right. but Matbach is M-A-T-B-O-C-K. And we do a lot of government contracting, and develop innovative technologies and products for the military. So we really look for paradigm shifting technologies that we can then, and then using our experience from the teams to then go put back into the military, law enforcement, first responders, and others. So uh, it's a very fulfilling mission when we're able to bring these products to the market. But we also, from that, we've also been able to spin off a couple other companies. And uh, for example, the most recent one that we just did was a supplement company called uh, Cardomax. And the focus with Cardomax was to bring, you know, that innovation that we like to do to the supplement space. So we brought everything in their, their single packets. So this is actually one of them here. So everyone's seen like individual stick packs before, but what's unique about this is this is actually, is actually a liquid and not a powder. Oh, so it's like a goat, like a gogurt thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so you smaller, could though. shoot it, you could shoot it straight, but it's uh, it would be pretty potent because it's a uh, it's a concentration, <laughs> but it's it's a clear liquid and you could pour it into anything. So it's you know good for a pre workout, you know, going to the gym or just a afternoon pick me up. Very nice. Does that does that protein in it or just? So this this particular product does not. We don't right now have anything with protein. We're working on a few things, but we have an energy, an immune booster, a hydration, and then a recovery are our four categories. So the, one of the reasons you're on my podcast is, by the way, I know if people are going, "Hey, this, Sean's not a logistics guy, he's not a supply chain guy," but but a lot of truckers like that Cardo Max, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, we 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 have. Up. And it's not just it's not just caffeine, right? <laughs> exactly. So, and and what the way we developed it, right, is uh, I mean, first off, 
we have to use it. So it's something that I use, something that my business partner uses. It's not just, hey, we, we, you know, we put our name on it. Like we legitimately use it every single day. Actually, in fact, I'm drinking one of the immune boosters right now in a Spindrift. So, but I'm drinking Diet Coke. It's also immune booster. <laughs> exactly. No, because they're so portable, this is like, this is the individual packet, but then you have like something like this, which it will hold 15 of these in here. But I mean, it's, it's really thin. It could fit right into a bag. You could put a bunch of them in the cab with you and they don't need to be refrigerated, right? So that's great. So then if you do stop or when you stop to get gas or, or well, fuel and you grab a drink or something like that, you can quickly add it into Very that nice. drink. Or uh, like I said, you could shoot it straight. We the reason we did it as a liquid was so the military guys in these austere locations, if they wanted to, they could squirt it in their mouth, take like a little bit of a, a cap full of water and and you wash out that taste. So very nice, very nice. So again, I, I guys today I want to talk to Sean, not so much about logistics and transportation stuff. I really want to understand, you know, from from reading books and watching some TV and um really kind of my introduction to a lot of this was the Joe Rogan podcast. He interviews he interviewed a lot of Navy SEAL guys, Jocko Willick. And I read some of these books. I read Brett Gleason's book, David Goggin's book. And I should also say anybody who's in the military, I know there's some very elite forces all across the military. So I, uh, even though I kind of read all the Navy SEAL stuff, I think a lot of the other military branches probably have uh, some pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty disciplined warriors on that side too. And I think we can all learn some stuff. We should all be learning how we can better deal with our careers. And I think the stuff that the SEALs taught you guys is what we all need to be able to apply into our daily. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? How did you end up becoming a Navy SEAL? <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, so not too far away from where I live now. <clears throat> and at the age of 12, I was uh, at 12, I was actually out in California where the main training facility is uh, in Coronado, California. We were out there for spring break. My mom used to work for American Airlines. And, and so we got to fly pretty cheap. And so we flew out there for a spring break and I was out there. I was watching these guys run down the beach. I, I grew up swimming. I enjoyed swimming. And at about that time was also about the time when I stopped playing football and basketball and some of these other sports that I was playing and kind of made the commitment like, all right, I'm 5'10", but I'm probably not going to be playing college football. You know, I'm probably not going to be right. you know, a professional basketball player or anything like that. So, but I was still good at swimming. So decided to go ahead and, um, you know, commit to swimming and start swimming all year. And I saw these guys running down the beach and I was like, man, that, that actually is really cool. Family history also of serving in the military. So my father was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Navy. My great grandfather was also in the Navy. Oh, it was, it's in the blood. <laughs> yeah. My uncle was, was the oddball. He, he went in the Coast Guard. So um, unfortunately, right before I was born, he was actually, he was a, a rescue swimmer. He, unfortunately, he was actually uh, killed in a helicopter accident, uh, which is how I got my middle name. His, his, uh, his first name was Mark. That's my middle name. And, but, so I never got a chance to meet him, but obviously, like I said, you know, family history of serving in the military and really early on, it was, I wanted to be a pilot. Top Gun was obviously hot and heavy in the eighties. So I was like, I want to be a pilot. I want to fly. And then, like I said, at 12, I saw these guys running down the beach. And from then on, I said, that's what I want to go do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so you played sports as a kid, though. 
You, you I were, and, I, and I say this all the time on my podcast. I think getting kids mastery in something like that. I played, I, I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan, and I always joke about it. We didn't have a choice. It was the law. You had to play everything. We right. I was on the swim yeah. team. I was on the water polo team. I was on the diving team, baseball, football, hockey. <laughs> I mean, I remember playing, uh, what is it? Uh, lacrosse. I still, I still, I, I didn't play for very long because it interfered with hockey and football too much. But I remember thinking all these sports and my parents always said, my dad would say, you're never going to play pro hockey or pro football and, and nor should you, but you got to learn to grind. You got to learn to win and we'll learn to lose. You got to learn to play as a team. And I think we all need that. And, uh, such an important background. And and I know there's a lot of people who grow up coding or whatever it is. It's just got to be some mastery. But I think the advantage of the physical stuff is we got to live in these bodies for the rest of our lives, right? So, yep. so, so learning to deal with all the challenges with being human is important. And, you know, one thing that, I mean, I've got, I've got four kids now that range from soon to be 13 down to six weeks or six months old, actually, yeah, it was yesterday. Ooh. So I've got a, I've got a spread, but you know, something that I tell, well, not my, my youngest, obviously yet, but, you know, I constantly and am instilling in him that, hey, listen, like, you know, kind of what we'll talk about later. But, you know, when when you're out there, you're out there to play hard and you're out there to win, right? Like just showing up because, man, it drives me nuts to hear some of these coaches just talk about like, oh, you know, did you have fun? Well, then you won. It's like, and I immediately, I tell my my kids like, no, you did not win. If you, if the score did not come out our way, we lost. Right. But that doesn't mean that you, you're you a loser or you're a failure. Did you play hard? Yes, did you have fun? And yes, did you learn something about that? Like those are what's important. Right. It's, not, it's not the end of the day that the score didn't come our way. I mean, you know, sometimes it happens. It just, th- that's life. But you didn't win. Don't don't lie to the kids. Right, right. I, I, I don't like, I think there's this weird, there's a pendulum and everything. And we went from, I remember as a young person kind of playing some sports where like some of the parents were nuts, flat out nuts, where you're like, I remember they didn't want, I remember being on a really good hockey team and uh, some parents didn't want some kids to play because they weren't good enough. And it was like, the kids are 12. <laughs> like no one's going to the NHL. We're talking about going to the, the, the States. That's it. Right? right. And the idea that one of the kids doesn't get to play like it, it, it's crazy. Now I get it when you're in college where you say, Hey, Joe's not good enough. He's going to sit at the end of the bench. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So we had that. Now the pendulum swung to the other end, maybe too far where just to your point, Oh yeah, it's it's just good that you came out, right? Yeah. I don't like when I see lack of effort, and it's funny. I th- I think it's damaging because then when you get to the work world, uh, the work world isn't always kind, right? It's not it's not like hey, that's okay, Sean, that you didn't do your job. You're still a good person. Oh, by the way, you're fired. <laughs> but- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. You know, it, it's it, interesting, you know, just real quick, um, my, my daughter just made the the middle school volleyball team and she's really never played volleyball in her life. She practiced, you know, I would say she would practice pretty good and she did some training, you know, she did some camps and other stuff like that after she said, hey, I want to go do it. But we, we had a hard talk after she made it and, and I told her and I said, listen, like, you know, obviously I'm extremely proud of you and, and, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to go watch you play, 
But I'm going to ask you a tough question. Like, do you think you actually put in the time that was required to make the team? Or do you think, you know, you, you, you kind of got a, a, a lucky break on it. And she was, she was honest. She was like, you know, she was like, there were some times where I think I could have done better. And I was like, so here's now what you're going to have to do, right? Like you're going to have to show the coach every single day for the rest of this year that he didn't make a mistake on you and that you that you're earning that spot every single day. Cause if you don't, you won't make it next year as an eighth grader. Like he, he's taking a chance on you. He sees something in you and now you have to prove it to him that you're there to, to show up and put in the work. Yeah. Maybe he's just afraid of dad. (laughs) 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 He seems mild matter, but I hear he's a seal. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So you got out of, when you got out of school, did you go right to the Navy or how's this work? How do you become a Navy SEAL? Yeah. So, so VMI is, so Virginia Military Institute, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's in the mountains of Virginia. It's, it's similar to the Citadel in, in that, or Norwich, where you don't have to go into the military if you don't want to, but you're, you're immersed in, in military the whole time. We wear uniforms every day there. It's a very, uh, you know, you're marching, you're doing rifle drill. You're very much doing a military curriculum as well as an academic curriculum. And then for me, I was doing athletics too. So I had all of it. You were doing swimming? I was, I swam there. Yeah. So, so VMI, didn't some of that's been around for a long time. Didn't some like civil war guys go there? Yeah. So 1839 was, it was founded in 1839. So Stonewall Jackson was a professor there. You've got a lot of civil war history up and down there. Um, Actually our senior year, we reenact. So they take 10 guys. So one guy from every company essentially. And then sometimes there's a little bit extra to reenact. Uh, we lost 10 of the VMI cadets during the Battle of New Market, which was up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, or well, just north of Harrisonburg, Virginia in, in New Market. And so we reenact it where we walk from VMI up there. It's 83 miles. Uh, we walk with all of our packs and everything uh, cool like that tradition. up there. Cool it's 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 a really cool tradition, and typically it's done like right at the end of the first week that the freshmen are there. So it's done by the seniors, and it's a really neat way to just kind of tie the history back into things. Um, so I got I got the privilege to do that uh, my senior year. So what'd you study at VMI? I was a civil engineer, and so learning some logistics, <laughs> right. how to build roads and bridges, and you know, and I I really just specialize more in the general field. So I did. I did some transportation. I did some wastewater treatment and water treatment and kind of some structural, but I I didn't want to focus into one particular area of civil engineering just because, you know, for me, it was, you know, it's a degree. It wasn't where I was going to go, you know, do my job. You know, I already had my pretty rigorous degree. It's funny. I used to work in engineering most of my career and I, um, I remember mechanical engineers would always say mechanical engineers build, build weapons and, uh, Civil engineers build targets. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. You know, it, it's funny though, it, it, you know, kind of something that I never really thought I would learn or use civil engineering, but obviously anytime you're engineering, things like that, what engineering is teaching you is problem solving at yep. the end of the day. 
you know, they'll give you, they'll give you one problem and then you have to take all night to do it. So, so you finished, you finished up at VMI. Do you go to the Navy right from there? So, uh, yeah. So sorry, going back to that. Typically, yes, you would uh, go right into the military. You would commission out of VMI and get a contract or go enlist it. So you could kind of go either route. I did have to go to OCS for 13 weeks because of some administrative stuff that went on at VMI that I, I didn't realize there was a deadline to commit. And anyway, I, I missed. OCS is Officer, is officer candidate? candidate School. Uh-huh. And so where is that at? Uh, Ours was down in Pensacola, Florida. Now they've moved it up to Rhode Island, but it was 13 weeks. So I graduated from VMI and then went down there to OCS and then finished up there 13 weeks and then drove cross country to BUDS and started BUDS. Uh, so I graduated on Friday. I was starting BUDS Thursday morning of that following that next week. So when you say starting BUDS, I, I, my, I, I don't know this stuff, Sarah, so I'll explain for me if you don't mind. I thought you had to kind of be accepted to be in to get into Navy SEALs. Is the buds is that that acceptance or so you have to so buds is the buds is the first buds is your first, your school basically underwater demolition school. So that's the six months. That's where Hell Week is and things like that. But to get into buds, yes, you have to be accepted to go to buds. So you have to do a whole bunch of pre screening tests. You have to. I mean, it's an application process to get in there. So you getting giving letters of recommendation from from people, and also testing really high on um, what's called the SEAL PST, the um, physical screening test, which can, is a 500 yard swim, uh, pull ups, push ups, sit ups, and then a half uh, a mile and a half run. But you got to be smart to get in there too, right? So GPA does does play into consideration, um, but but mostly. I mean, really, they're they're looking at your your physical fitness scores. They they do look at the whole package in there. It's not just hey, this kid has a four point And you know, a lot of recruiters, you know, they'll tell you no, it's all about the GPA. And I can tell you that no, it's not about the GPA no. because you know, yes, the, yes, the SEAL community wants smart people, but they also want people that are going to that are going to finish buds right. Like they don't want right. people that are just extremely smart but can't you know, can't get through the physical part. Right. I think we've all seen, you know, people who are very smart, but who might not work hard or people who are very smart, who don't get along well. So, or the, and with you guys, you have that physical aspect of it too. So, so you, you went through buds. How long is that? So buds is six months in our class. Uh, we started with 142 guys and we graduated 19. And, and I mentioned earlier, my, my, but my business partner Zach, he and I were two of those nineteen guys that that are graduated. So basically, like what ten percent, fifteen percent get actually get through, and and so and, you, that, and that six... holds true. That still holds true today, even though the class sizes are larger. You know, they're the you know, guys are talking. You know, well now they're starting with two hundred or three hundred guys, but you know the class sizes are getting bigger, but the percentages still say about the same. About about eighty five percent are failing out still. And so what do they teach you during, you know, what are the three or four things they teach you in buds while you're there? I mean, is it the the easiest thing for me and so my biggest fear in buds was getting hurt or injured, right? Like I I went into buds knowing I was going to make it, right? Like and, and, but not in a cocky way like you know, I wasn't there to listen or or you know, I was went into it humble but knew that I could do it, right? But the biggest thing that I think for me that buds 
you know, that I could take away from buds is that I can, I can do anything that I put my mind to, right? Like there is not one thing that if I believe it and I start putting my, my, my mind into something, I'm going to do it, or I'm going to figure out how to do it. It might not be the exact result that I, I went into hoping for, but I'm going to solve it and I'm going to get it done. There, there's never been a way or there's never been a time that I didn't, uh, you know, so. Right. So when, so when they're, what are they, what are you, what are you doing in buds for those six months? I mean, is it, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've all seen the TV shows where they're running and, and uh, climbing walls and swimming in the ocean and carrying logs around. I've seen all that. And from what I understand, I've, I've or listened to David Goggins book, I remember just hearing like people getting all sorts of injuries just and, and kind of everybody being injured by the end. It's just a matter of how badly injured. Yep. Well, and, and so, you know, kind of going back to what we were just talking about just a minute ago where, you know, smart people, things like that. To give you an example, there was a, there was a, there was a guy in my class that could run 24 minutes in or um, 26 minute, four mile time runs. So he was running and holding, or sorry, 24 minutes. So he was holding six minutes, six minute miles. And Damn. in soft sand, <laughs> in soft sand and boots, the guy was just a, a physical specimen. I mean, and, and he wasn't just good at running. It was like pull-ups, push-ups, everything this kid did, he was just incredible at. And I mean, everybody was like, this kid's going to make it. This kid's going to make it. And the first day that, so this is like, so Bud starts, but really the first couple of weeks of Bud's is still kind of like a prep where- Nobody's it's, dropping it's out go- then. <laughs> you do have some people that drop out then, you know, but it's it's really, it's it's to get you accustomed and get your body accustomed to the schedule really is, hey, you're going to be doing this all day, every day. It's like, you know, and doing, and doing for six months. And so, and, and also understand like- the evolution. So they, they teach you some of the evolutions uh, of like obstacle course. Well, I, I never, I've never been on the seal obstacle course. So they allow you to run the obstacle course and they give you some pretty easy times to pass the obstacle course during indoc. the, 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 it's just to get you ready to go into, to actual buds. It's a couple of weeks, but this kid, our first day of first phase, so they call it day one, week one, first day of buds, you get surf tor- surf tortured for the first time, which is where you see the guys linking arms together, laying in the surf, like rolling back and everything. And it's miserable. And as soon as we went into the water, this kid quit. And and everybody was like, holy cow. And then uh, the bell just kept ringing because other kids saw this guy quit. And they were like, well, if he can't make it, I can't make it, I guess. Yeah, there's something. I, and it's not, it's not Navy, being a Navy SEAL, but I remember running a marathon. And mm-hmm. I was running this marathon and I kind of was keeping pace with this guy and I never run a marathon. It was the only time I ever did it. But um, when I was doing it, there's this guy and he had all the gear and he had like water bottles and everything. And he was just like, he looked like, you know, like the, the running store dropped on him and yeah. he's like, he's got the watch and he's like, we're keeping the right pace, blah, 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 the whole time. And then around 15 miles, it starts getting hard as, you know, we're talking and he's, and he goes, all right, I'm out. I go, what? He goes, I'm out. Nice meeting you. Let's keep in touch. And I was like, what? What? And it's funny. I I knew I could run that far. 
But psychologically, it was so damaging that this dude I've been running with, who's giving me advice, who knows everything about it, just quit. <laughs> oh, it, it, it will. It, it messes with you uh, mentally, you know. And and so, you know, going back to what you were asking, you know, so so first phase is about eight weeks long. Second phase is another about eight weeks long. And then third phase is another about eight weeks long. They kind of move things around. In total, it's six months you know, from start to finish, uh, if you make it all the way through without getting rolled back or anything like that. First phase is very physical. You know, there's a lot of physical evolutions and things like that. Second phase is is physical, but then also they add in diving to it. So now you're underwater, you're doing your dive evolutions, as well as some of the other physical ev- evolutions that you were doing back in phase one. And then phase three is physical still, as well as introducing more of the basic tactics. So you start learning land navigation, you start learning how to shoot, you start learning how to clear houses and do some of these things on a very, very basic level. And so that's the six months of buds and and, and like the when hell week that everyone knows about hell week is the third week or fourth week in in that so it's very hell week's very early on and and just like you know i know in the news just recently you know there was um a guy that was ended up dying right after hell yeah. week and you know there's um a lot of questions going on and investigations will obviously happen and, and, and it's unfortunate that it happens you know and it's it's when you're pushing your body and your mind to those limits you know Unfortunately, there are going to have situations like that. You know, I don't know the story about him particularly. You know, I mean, I, I don't know him particularly, but, you know, anytime, I mean, just like in, just like, you know, we're talking high school athletics. I mean, there are kids that, you know, yeah. will start football uh, training camps. And unfortunately, there's guys that just pass away from that. But most, most Americans are going to die of underuse injuries, not overuse injuries. <laughs> right. So, so you became a Navy SEAL. You 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 obviously passed. And I think we've all seen that stuff on TV, and um, or read about it. It's it's in, incredible. And so the Hell Week is what you that is what twenty five hours or something. What how many hours? Oh no no no, forty it's hours. Five days. So it starts it starts Sunday afternoon, a little bit after lunch. Sometimes you don't have a watch, so it it's hard to tell. But you kind of know it's sometime between lunch and dinner on Sunday. And then you don't stop until Friday afternoon at a little after lunch. And the only time you get any rest is Wednesday. You get about an hour, hour and a half nap on Wednesday. And that's it. So you're basically wet and sandy for five days. <laughs> yep. Cold, cold, wet, and miserable, you know, for, for that whole time. And and being asked to accomplish things. So they'll, you know, they're constantly asking you to do tasks. You're running with boats on your head. You're running with logs on, you know, I mean, it, eventually you just get to a point where, you know, you're just going through the motions and, and it's just, it's just staying awake and, 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 you know. Right. So tell us a little bit about your, and, and I know there's probably only so much you can tell us cause it's military stuff, but tell us a little bit about your uh, time in the SEALs when you were deployed. Yeah. So after, after buds and our advanced training SUT, which is another four months, you know, I checked into SEAL teams here on the East coast, 
ended up being able to do, I, I got rotated around through a couple of different teams. I, I ended up doing um, five deployments. Three of them were to Iraq, two of them to Africa. I got to do a couple of different presidential details where I was down protecting the president with their, with, with our presidential secret service. Did they ask you, are you, do you approve of the president? Do they want your opinion on the president? <laughs> they, don't, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. And, and, and I mean, honestly. And you know, as I mean, it when, should be. <laughs> yeah. And when, when, you know, when I was in the military, I honestly didn't really care either. Right. I mean, I'm there to do a job and I'm, and I'm there. I'm, I'm handed a mission and, and really, especially like when, when I was in, you know, my mission was to eliminate, you know, terrorists, terrorist organizations and those things like that, that, that potentially would threaten, you know, America. And so when, when, when we're getting deployed, you know, and going to these locations, we're not going after the guy that's stealing a loaf of bread. You know, we're going after guys that are either financing these operations, they're moving a lot of money, they're moving, they're moving, you know, equipment, they're moving, you know, personnel, whatever that looks like. We're, we're, we're not going after the guy that's, you know, an army of one. We're going after the guys that are, you know, cell leaders and other things like that. Yeah, that's so, so you said five deployments, you said three in Afghanistan? Three to Iraq and right, Iraq. Uh, two two to Africa. So I never did anything in in Afghanistan. The business partner Zach, he went to Afghanistan a couple times, but just as I don't think you missed anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things. It just um, as as I mean, you really have no choice of where you're going to go anyway. But you know, my I enjoyed my time in Iraq because I mean, obviously there was a lot going on at the time. But again, knowing that what we're doing has a strategic impact. You know, I mean, it's not just, again, you're not going after a guy that's, you know, stole a piece of bread or something like that. I mean, you're going after guys that are, that are nasty dudes, you know, that, that right. they have an entire, they have an entire army of guys that are there to serve that person and they're ready to fight. You know, they're not going down, uh, you know, just in the news a couple of weeks ago or last week, I think it was, you know, the, the, the Syria raid, just like that. You know, I mean, those are the type of guys that, that we're going after. It's like, you know, they're there and they know they're going to die if, if if we're coming after them. Well, God bless you for doing it. I, I can <laughs> never see myself doing it, but honestly, I really admire what, that, that somebody is willing to do that. And it's funny, we always go through these weird phases in, in the U.S. where, you know, when after 9-11, everyone's like, God, bomb, bomb whoever did this, kill whoever did this. Uh, here we are 20 some years later and people are like, oh, what are we doing there? What, we have no reason to be, we're the only reason, the only reason there's problems in the Middle East is because we're over there. And you're like, yeah, that's <laughs> the, the original sentiment of, you know, was probably over, no, I shouldn't say over, was uh, uninformed. Just go get somebody, right. solve this problem. It should be easy. <laughs> we'll give you six months or a year to do it. And it's funny, there is that, I always say I have this, the sense that people think we'll just send over Navy SEALs or whoever, and they will kill that guy. And but the dynamics, and I heard, um, I read in um, people on my podcast heard me say it a lot. This VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and um, ambiguous. And I use that term a lot because we've lived in VUCA environments. But Brett Gleason, in his book, mentioned uh, one of his books mentions this as the Middle East is VUCA. 
everywhere you go, you know, you see, I'm just going to do this. The unintended consequences of every action has to be considered, or and it's not easy. So it, it's when you're dealing with humans and dealing with countries and dealing with all the stuff you guys have to deal with, I. I can see why they're looking for smart people because it's not just about brute force. Well, you know, and, and, you know, the thing we'd always say is uh, the, the enemy always gets a vote. Right. And, and that was, that was something that really, you know, it, it does. And it, and, and it helps you evolve your own tactics and everything like that, because like seals and a lot of other, you know, tier one, you know, units and, and these guys, special operations all across the, all across the globe, what they ultimately rely on is their training at the end of the day. Right. And, and the reason this is, is in, and, and it's what is the difference between missing success and, and, and losing someone and, and not getting your guy is, is that reliance on that training. So we are, you know, when I was in for, when I was active, I was gone anywhere between 250 to 290 days out of the year, right? Like there's, there's a lot of time on the road traveling and, and training. And, and the reason that is, is because you're, you're there and I need to be able to read somebody's movements without having to say a word with someone. So I can just see how a guy positions his, his hands and his, his posture I know exactly what he's doing without him even moving another step. And then right. it's such a it's such a really cool thing to watch. And and once once the team really gets in into that 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 level, it's just so cool to watch because no one's talking and everybody's just moving with each other and it just flows, right? And that's why these units are what they are and they have that training and things like that because they can do that. And and the and the thing is is when we have new guys come in, guess what? We have to bring that person up to that level. Right. We can't just keep moving at that pace because now we're we're back to having to get this guy up to speed on right. this because potentially potentially that could be the difference of one of us dying, right? Or, or mission success. I saw somebody say in some interview that they said, you know, what we do better than virtually everybody else and is we we shoot better we move better and we communicate better and we do it as a team and obviously if you're communicating and and I and, and I'm looking we'll switch gears here and talk a little bit about how some of this applies to our our work world but you know this really intensive training few people get this kind of training to do their jobs and I always think like if if we and obviously there's a financial implication Costs probably millions of dollars to get a Navy SEAL fully up to speed, right? Or trained and developed and supported. Same with you watch like a college athlete. I think that's $500,000 worth of development goes into a college football player. And you go, damn. And obviously they play at a real high level. And beyond that, their their time management skills, their ability to kind of manage both school and work and the public eye, the whole thing is phenomenal but we can't spend a half a million dollars on every employee to get them up to speed. No. And, and, and that's why, you know, so, so when you look at, and I don't know what the actual figure is, I've heard, I've heard a million, I've heard 2 million. I don't know what the actual figure is. I mean, really neither of those numbers would surprise me, but, but when you look at real quick, 1962 is when the SEAL teams was formed, right. And, 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 you know, president Kennedy and everything established the SEALs. So since that time, 
We've had a little over, I think it's 12,000 seals since 1962. Currently, there's about 2,000 around right now, active or reserves. That's it, right? Like, you know, 12,000 people across, you know, 50 50 years is, is 60 years now. It's quite a span. Yeah. So, and I suspect we'll be training more. So let's switch gears. So again, the idea of, you know, the podcast is win like a Navy SEAL. So there's certain things that you picked up along the way. And I suspect, I suspect if I talked to 10 different SEALs, I would get a very similar list. So when we were prepping, I wrote down six things that that we talked about. Like you said, if we could, this is kind of the stuff that we can, all of us can apply, whether we're in logistics or supply chain, whatever we might be doing. I think a lot of this applies. So what is the first thing that, you know, you, if, if, that you try and bring to the party from, from your SEAL training? Yeah, I mean, I talked about it briefly already, but you know, it, it's it's that 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 mentality that I'm going to try, right? I I'm not going to I'm not going to just say I can't do something. I'm going to try to figure it out. And 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 during that process, it, it's changing your mindset of how you talk about stuff, right? It's someone gives you something and just and immediately you say, you know, oh man, I can't do that, or you start thinking that negative thoughts you're already behind the power curve. But if you're like, you know, I think we could figure out a way to do it. Or, hey, I bet you if I call Joe, he might have a, a, a piece of this puzzle to help me get to the next step. And so it's just that putting in and, and trying and not saying I can't do something. Right. You know, it's interesting. If you ever pay attention to your, the way your mind works on this, you start feel a little bit of panic. Your brain hears that and says, okay, send, send, send horrible thoughts to Joe's head about being panicked, right? And send negative thoughts about every every nasty thing that ever happened in his life. Your brain goes to work to help you solve that problem. And the problem you have is I want to be panicked, right? Yep. You might, might say, I don't want to be panicked, but you're being panicked. When you kind of have the mindset of, okay, I'm going to calm down here, take a deep breath, maybe step outside for a second, walk around. How am I going to fix this, right? As soon as you have that, your brain sends other things, which is, well, here's one idea, call so-and-so, do this. So it's really, our mind will go to work for us. And it's, it, and again, I, we've, we're all guilty of it. We all have the same kind of brain, <laughs> but we can train ourselves to switch gears and say, okay, I can do this. <laughs> so that's. I have, I have the same, you know, and even as, as much as I, I preach it and talk about it and, and talk to my kids about it. I mean, there's, there's been times I, I do it. And then, and then, you know, it's just like, all of a sudden I, I like, wait, stop. Okay. You, you know, here you go. This is what you need to do. And, and then you start working that. Yep. So the first one is kind of this, I'm going to try attitude. So what's the second, what's the second thing that we can take away from a Navy SEAL, win like a Navy SEAL? Yeah. So my biggest, probably one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, you know, success or failure and and they always look at it and they say these two paths. And, and I don't, I never look at something as a failure. I look at it as, okay, maybe I might've had a setback on something, right? I didn't get the results that I, I, I was, I was in, I was hoping for, but you know what? I'm, I'm sure going to learn from that experience and I'm going to, I'm either going to achieve exactly what I wanted to, or I'm going to learn from that experience. And, and, and so see that and, 
and then be able to grow from that, right? Like there right. have been companies that my business partner and I have started that, uh, you know, we they're no longer in business anymore. I, I don't look at that as like, oh, that was a huge failure. I learned a ton during that process. You know, one of our best or one of our first products that we ever created within Mapoc, I think we've sold like two of them. It's been it's been the worst <laughs> product that we've ever ever did, but what what it established for us was a huge pipeline of being able to create almost now, you know, 400 products that we've been able to bring to the market, right? Without that one product, we would have never have what we had now. Right. That, that is so true. And I, I love watching – I'm a big college football fan. And I watch the pros too, but I like the college better. And I always think at the end of 60 minutes, there's a winner and there's a loser. And 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 what's weird is that is – while we can all learn from it, that's not how life works. You don't, you don't have at the end of the year go, oh, yeah, Sean had a 10-2 and two year. Nope. <laughs> you had some wins, some losses. but at the end of 60 minutes, you, you had another 60 minutes. <laughs> and, and I think part, you know, we mentioned this, you know, win or learn attitude. I think all the time is I, I try not to get too high about any big win and I try not to get too low about it. So when something goes wrong, it's like, okay, that's something on my list. Didn't go as I wanted to onto the next one. Right. Yep. If, if you get, if you get in that mindset of everything is a, a big inflection point up or one down, you're going to be unhappy. So what's another thing that uh, we can learn and win like a Navy SEAL? Yeah, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So oh, I love that you know, one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it. so, I mean, like I said, I, I get, I fall into some of these times where I get into a, a routine and things like that. And, and so, you know, one of the things that I've done since the beginning of the year, this year, and it's not because I'm trying to prove anything or do anything. But I'm taking cold showers every time I jump into a shower. I've taken a cold shower since the beginning of oh, the year. I can't make that last very long. I try <laughs> that every once in a while. I'll do it like five in a row, and then one day I'm like, not today. <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, is I do every time. I every time it's good for you, right? You know, there's a lot of research out there that does support how it helps your body recover and and the uh, uh, blood flow and other things like that. Even last night, I I got out. My my wife was giving a bath to our our younger kids, and she was just like, "You're nuts." She was like, "I can feel the cold water coming off of you." She was like, "You're making me cold," and I was just like, you know, but. I felt great. Like going into it, I don't feel great. Like nobody feels great when they're like, oh, great. Here we go. I'm going to go jump into cold Wait, water. You're, looking, you're not looking at just from a health benefit. You're looking and saying, if I can do this, I can force myself to do other things I don't want to do. Exactly. So, you know, it's just, it's finding new things to, you know, to get yourself uncomfortable with stuff. You know, right. um, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, you looking at those emails and stuff like that, right? You know, instead of instead of putting that email off to be the last email you do, make it the first email you do, right? And then immediately go into it and say, hey, that's done. The rest is easy. You know, like I got rid of that one and I'm good. Right. Rick Rubin, the record producer, you know, he was always this guy who uh, stayed up really late and got up late, stayed up late and uh, pretty out of shape. Now, now he's working really hard to be healthy. Every day he goes and takes this ice bath first thing in the morning. And he says, after that, everything's easy. <laughs> it's true. It is. It, you know, it, it, it is. It's, it's a, but I mean, you know, it's, it's everything. You know, we, like I said, you, you get into these, you get into these routines when you're doing the same thing every single day, 
you know, I, 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 even though, you know, for me and, you know, business and things like that, there's constantly new things that come up and, and that's what I love about being an entrepreneur and stuff like that. But for the most part, I still have kind of the same routine every day. And, and that's just, na- that's just human nature. And so it's good to just challenge yourself to, to find ways to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And make it comfortable again. <laughs> well, and I think you, you bring up a good point. I think one of the ways we can apply that is a lot of people who listen to podcasts are logistics. And in logistics, you have to make difficult phone calls and nobody wants to make them. So you say, hey, hey, and I imagine as an entrepreneur, you've gotten those difficult phone calls from your logistics provider where they call and say, hey, Sean, that's going to be an extra 200 bucks. <laughs> and it's going to be a day. Oh, and, and this is going to be a day late. And nobody wants to make those phone calls. Especially to a for- or especially to a former Navy SEAL, no one wants. To yeah, call we that. had we had that scheduled for liftgate, but unfortunately, we don't have the liftgate truck today, so it's going to be another day or two. So we all tend to we have we all check, look at our inbox, and it's easy to go, "Oh my God, I'm so busy! I just knocked off ten things off your list." I heard it a, a, a another podcast. Joe Rogan was interviewing a Navy SEAL, and he said, "You know, when I open my inbox, I look at one email." And the one that scares me, I not the one that I, I think I don't want to deal with that right now. That's uncomfortable. He goes, I don't want to. He goes, I'm like everybody else. I don't want to do that. He goes, but that's the one I'm supposed to open first. That's the one I'm supposed to deal with first. And you know, it's it's never as bad as we think it's going to be. That's the crazy thing about it. And you have to keep reminding yourself. Remember the last time what a non-event this was when I responded to this email, we build it up in our heads. Well, you know, I, I think too, you know, the other, the other piece of that, right. Is, um, so we, we were just talking about something that we noticed. So one of our, uh, one of our products is, it, it, we were doing a QC test and noticed that it was a little bit tighter than, than we want it to be. It's supposed to rotate really easily and, it, and it's not. So, you know, one of the things that I asked the guys to do is, okay, so listen, I want you to, Let's figure out what we need to do to solve this. Okay, so if it's put another three shots of lube on it or whatever we need to do, let's figure that out. And then I want you to email and call every customer that from this batch and let them know here's the solution and send them the kit to do it, right? Like, yes, it it's going to cost us a little bit of extra money to do it, but we're going to be proactive on it. We identified something. I'm not going to be receptive and wait for that call to happen, right? I would much rather be in the forefront of it and say, "Hey, here you go," and let's take care of it before it is before they even think it's a, an issue. Right. But then getting getting back to it, this is why we all have to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. I've I I heard uh, I don't know the quote exactly, but there was somebody who was a very successful business person said more successful the more successful you are the more likely you are to be comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and you know if somebody's not meeting expectations it's it's easier to kind of go well they're okay you know they're they're not they're not good it, it's it's hard to say uh, Sean you know this I know you're trying but this isn't happening or you didn't get here till 10 o'clock and you're supposed to be here at nine and oh this is a problem no one wants to have those uncomfortable conversations, but the people who are, who tend to move to the top are the ones who get comfortable with them. And let's face it. There's some people who are naturally like mix it up and be a, uh, be an ass, right? Most of us don't. Most of us don't want to have uncomfortable conversations. Most of us don't want to be uncomfortable, but I think we have to learn to be, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think to myself, this applies really also physically. I'm getting older. All of us are. 
as you get older, you're going to have to deal with some physical problem, whatever it is. And uh, you got to get used to that. <laughs> you got to get used to pushing yourself. So I got the can-do attitude, the, the I'm going to try attitude. I'm going to win or I'm going to win or learn. There is no failure. Comfortable being uncomfortable. What's the next one? What's the next way we can learn to win like a Navy SEAL? So discipline. And, and it, it's, it's... Damn. Why'd you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it ties it ties into all of this pieces, you know. So for me, I'm very disciplined and, you know, I work out. I try. I, I, I don't work out every day, you know, but I'm also not in a job that I requires me to work out every single day, you know, as in the SEAL, SEAL teams and things. But what I do is for me, I use my workout as a way to really help me understand, but also solve some of these more difficult problems. I've always done this growing up and things like that. I've, that's kind of my outlet of, okay, there might be a tough decision I got to make or a problem that someone's given me. When I work out, it's my, it's my time. You know, my, I, I try to not get notifications or other things, you know, like my watch, I had to turn off all those notifications because I hate getting like a text message on my watch while I'm working out. It's like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just want to work out. And, and, and honestly, I, I've got to do better at that. Like that's something that last year I did really well at, uh, especially in the beginning of the year. And, and, and I would say in the last few months, I haven't done a great job of it. And I just need to get back into that discipline for myself. You know, I, I eat well, yeah, I have cheat meals like anybody should, you know, it's not, you you don't have to be a hundred percent every time um, with some of these things. It's, it's, but it's understanding like, okay, for, you know, once a week, I'm going to have a cheat meal, right? But then you're back on your horse every other day. I've been doing those cheat meals three times a day. <laughs> right, right. So it's getting back into that discipline piece of it, right? right? So it's, it's, it's making that decision. It's not just that physical but it's also disciplined to do the first thing on your to-do list. And I, I heard Warren Buffett say, the first three things on your list are what you're supposed to be working on. Four through 10, throw that out. Those are the enemy of the first three. And a lot of us, myself included, I look at my list sometimes and go, God, just keeping this list of all the things I have to do is enormous amount of work. But making sure that I work on the top priorities, and by the way, I don't always do that, I work on the stuff that's easy. I go, oh, I got to call. I got to call Sean. That's not so bad, right? That's easy. I want to talk to a Navy SEAL. Calling somebody I don't want to call. Yeah. That falls to the bottom of the list. And then, then 530 comes along and you go, well, I'll do it first thing tomorrow. <laughs> and you got to be disciplined to say, I'm going to get those calls done. And by the way, a lot of people listening have to make a hundred phone calls a day or 45 or whatever they're doing. And it's easy to get distracted and do anything but that because that's no fun. Yeah. I, uh, one, one of the little tricks that I use and just kind of like what you were saying about Warren Buffett, I use my, I have an iPhone. So I use my, my notes on my iPhone and I have them all numbered. And I, I do, I put the ones that are priority at the top and just keep adding to that up there and try to tackle those in order like that. And then what's funny though, is after a, after a few months, so you look back down at the bottom of the list, you're like, eh, you know what? I could just get rid of that. Cause I didn't even need to, I, you know, right. it's just like, it's like, it's irrelevant, you know? And, and I, I do that. I do that pretty often actually. So. Right. It's important. And again, it, it, it's, it's so easy to get in the mode of, well, I got this email from HR and they said, we have to fill this in. Uh, so I'll do that first. Oh, 
We have a team meeting. Got to go to that. And, and but, but meanwhile, the guy who says, the hell with it, I blew off everything to make these 17 phone calls that are going to get me new business. That that guy got the raise. And you go, yeah, but he didn't fill in the HR stuff when they ask him. And he always skips team meetings. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so can-do attitude, win or learn, no failure, comfortable being uncomfortable, being very disciplined. Talk a little bit about time management because we had that kind of part of discipline, but I think it's separate from discipline. It's a subset of discipline. Yeah. And so, you know, part of, part of the, the thing that I really work on is I own, I try to own my own calendar. Um, so I schedule dates with my wife. I schedule time to work out and I, I schedule my meetings. I schedule tasks. So if I know like in the morning, Hey, I want to, uh, we're going to build this marketing or, you know, creative thing. I will, I will task that out. So that my entire calendar for the most part is blocked with time slots with something there to do. Sometimes I have to move them around, but that's okay because you've got it there ready to just grab it. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden there's an emergency that happened. I could grab that block and maybe it's my workout, right? And I could go, uh, we're, uh, okay, Tuesday, I'm going to put that there and, and I can move it around. And it's, 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 technology has been so great to that. Right. And so for me, it's, it's owning my calendar. I don't let my calendar own me. I schedule time with my kids, everything I do to make sure. And that goes back into that discipline piece because, you know, for me, I have three things that I want to be remembered for when I pass away. And, and those are my work, my working out and my family. Like those are the three things that are, that if those are on my tombstone, then I'll be a happy guy. If it, you know, on my tombstone, it says Sean Matson likes the New York giants, then, you know, I won't be really happy. Not that the, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the giants, but I feel like I haven't, you know, I haven't led what I needed to do. And, and those, those three things were, those are my priority. That's what I focus my time and effort on to. That's where I put all my effort into. Yep. And I think one of the things you use Calendly, right? Mm-hmm. And you, we, we, we got in each other's calendar via Calendly. And um, I started using that. And by the way, my uh, executive coach always says, I'm, I'm an ENFP, right? What, it, what it's worth. And she says, ENFPs don't like to be disciplined about their time. And she always says, time management books are never written by an ENFP. She said, but, uh, so she goes, you can read them, but they're just not going to resonate. Calendly works for me because I pick out, de- so I tend not to schedule meetings on Friday and then and then I do more of what I'll call the deep work on Friday. Or what another thing I might do is like if I was supposed to meet you all week and we couldn't, and then I, I might say, Sean, I'm open all day Friday. So I'll usually have one meeting there that just popped up. That's almost like my overflow. But I also decided I want to do my podcast earlier in the day. So I don't so when I send a link to someone like you to be on my podcast, I don't set it for I don't leave that open till six PM because People tend to get lower energy at the end of the day. When I say people, I mean me. <laughs> so um, I try and get those done earlier. Now, I do deal with a lot of people in, on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. So I got to be a little concerned about their time. But using Calendly or something like that has allowed me to get much better about time management. And I would also say this, guys. I mentioned the to-do list. I think the best practice, guys, is not to have big to-do lists, but to put it on your calendar. So don't say, oh, I've got these 10 things to do. Say, 
I put these 10 things to do. They might be little piddly things. I'm going to do them from 1230 to one on Monday. Don't, don't just say, yeah, I got a to-do list because you, again, it's real easy to cherry pick off that list. Yeah. And you, and you can't be generic with it, right? If you block off, like you said, if you block off an hour, say like 12 to one, I'm going to do my to-do list. No, 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 no. You have to, <laughs> you have to be disciplined and say, Hey, from 12 to one, I'm going to take care of cast number one, which is da, 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 da. Right. Well, that's another way we can win like a Navy SEAL. So the last thing I had written down here about you know win like a Navy SEAL is is this idea of training and personal development. You have obviously got a lot of training as a SEAL. You have it sound like you know you've got used to being very disciplined. But what do you do today? How do, how do we how does how does that apply for today as a business person? Yeah. So it's you know the training piece of it we talked about a little bit earlier um it's you know the the seals and and others you know they'll say you know i'm i'm a, i'm a i'm a jack of all trade and a master of none right and where that comes from and why we say that is because i mean we're constantly training we're constantly doing something once you've mastered something right you never you stop learning and you stop training for that because now you're a quote unquote master right there's always something to learn and in, in, in whatever your whatever field discipline you're doing. Uh, it, I don't care if you've been doing it 10 years or 40 years, right? Like there are new ways to do stuff and, and changing and evolving. And so having that having that time to go back and then start learning things will help you and and not just learn them to to have a little feather in your cap to say, hey, I learned how to do that. Learn it to to then apply it to something. So right. one of the things that I did in business when we got started was my, my business partner is very creative, very much a forward thinking person. So for me, I had to find where I was going to be best used on our team, right? It was just he and I. So for me, I started learning how to do video editing and photo editing and and some of these things that I'm not a photo and video editing guy and nor do I do it on a day-to-day basis, but I know how to do some of the basics so that when I hand it over to like the creative team, I can say, hey, right. here's here's a rough idea of what we're trying to do and they don't just get some you know, scribbly scrap on the back of a napkin and say, here it is. It's a, it, it, it produces a better product. So you just keep getting better and better. So we all have to, and again, I think that, you know, podcasts are a perfect example. I listen to podcasts to better understand my business, to, to hear from other business people. I listen to Joe Rogan. I know he's been in the press a lot. People, one of the things I will say, I'm a big fan of his. He has all sorts of people on his podcast. Sometimes I, I listen, I go, oh, I don't care the least bit about that guy. I'm out, right? But there's so many podcasts. Freight Waves has a ton of them on, on every topic in logistics. Chris Jolly, uh, Blythe Broomley, so many people from our my logistics and transportation, warehousing businesses. My feeling is it's not that hard to listen. You go for a walk, you take the dog for a walk, you listen, you get better. And you might pick up just one little tidbit or you go, you know what? I want to connect with that guy. So I think there's so many things now that we have. I, li- I love audiobooks. I like to read, but I find sometimes when I read that um, I-, I-, I lose my place. Now I'll go for a walk and I'll listen to a book and it's easy. And uh, Or you go to the gym for that monthly workout that I have and, uh, <laughs> I, wear, and, I, and I listen to a book. Anyway, I'm going to summarize these. Oh, one last thing. And I know I didn't uh, mention this earlier when we were prepping, but I always have heard this slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Tell me what does that mean? And why is that? uh, Is that something that you live with as a 
as a military guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it goes to the, the last point we were just talking about on training, right? So if, if you're, if you're trying to rush through your training or, you know, trying to, for example, you, you're a brand new guy in a platoon and you see these other guys that have been in the platoon for three or four years and man, they are just quick draw, bam. And their, their shots are on point. If you try to do that and go that fast, you're going to, you're going to throw rounds. You're not going to be as proficient as they are. They took a methodical approach to it. And that's how they've become fast like that. And so they didn't just all of a sudden. So they're going nice and slow, smooth. And it, yep. And then at some point you're a little faster. You're not slow anymore. Exactly. Yep. And so it just it it's just that repetitive professional discipline that goes into everything that you do that gives you that ability to you're smooth with your actions and then that gets faster and faster and faster because you've got that. I would also say this is my own interpretation of this. And again, this not not exactly, but I think it's aligned is Sometimes I find myself going, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm kind of moving fast. But then you're like moving fast. Are you getting anything done? Nope, but I'm moving fast. Look at all this <laughs> stuff on my list. I got yep. I to I, I do this. I got to do that. I got to make that phone call. And then you go, calm down. Figure out what's the number one thing on this list. What's the number two thing on this list? Stop writing stuff down. Start doing these things. And again, if if, if I did one really important thing today <laughs> and in this case it's a podcast but um if i did that one important thing then all the rest of the stuff doesn't matter and again i think there's a a frenzied approach that we sometimes all find ourselves in where you're like just go go and by the way if you're transportation logistics it's like a fire drill half the day i always say you walk through a logistics room and you're like man it's might as well pull a fire alarm that's what it feels like in that room <laughs> so i'm going to summarize i want to get your final thoughts on this so again, today's podcast is Win Like a Navy SEAL, and we got Sean Matson. And Sean talked about six things. And it's first off, can do attitude, the try attitude. I'm going to always try. Second, there's no failure in this. It's just win or learn. Just keep looking for a way to make it work. Pivot. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's both physically, but also have those uncomfortable conversations. Do the uncomfortable work that's going to make you successful. Every time you shy away from doing the the difficult work to do something easy, you become a little less successful, a little more. I I could say it to myself, cowardly. You're you're being a coward. And when you look and go, am I afraid of that phone call? Really? (laughs) Sean talked a lot about discipline. Not only discipline in making sure you're doing the work you're supposed to be doing, but um, also time management, which is a kind of a subset of that. And then the last thing we talked about is just kind of ongoing training and personal develop. Keep getting better. Keep making whatever you choose to do in your life. Keep getting better. Be an expert in that one space. And then uh, last but not least, we talked about the slow is smooth and smooth is fast, which is really mastery, right? Mm-hmm. And we just, again, I think also it's, Calm down. Do the first. Th- do the most important things on your list. Don't panic. Don't don't worry about the eighty things on the list. Do the number one, two, and three, and and be happy with that success. Final thoughts on this, Sean? Yeah, to, I guess just on that last little thing for me, the way the way my mind works on that is, <clears throat> I hyper focus on the task at hand. So, for example, if I'm spending time with my kids. I put away any distractions and I'm there to talk and play with and do 
like that action with my kids. Now, if they say, hey, dad, done playing. I want to go play with friends, right? Then I pivot to what my other thing is and maybe it's back to work or whatever it it might be. And then I hyper-focus on that. And if they come in and ask me something, I say, hey, hold on. I stop that and then go back to them, right? So you can't try this like- The multitasking. Multitasking. Like you put what you can and focus and hyper-focus your attention and your efforts into that one thing that you're working on and, um, you know, it's difficult, but, you know, you have to yeah. do that. That in, in, our, in our world today, you're talking to somebody. Have you ever gone on a sales call where somebody's playing with their phone and you're like, oh, you don't have time for me to be here? Like, put the damn phone down. And it's, it, it, it's funny. I, I, I've been in restaurants where I see a couple on a date and they're both on the phone. I was like, are you texting each other? <laughs> like, right. like, yep. What is going on here? But I, there's an old saying, um, wherever you are, be there. And that, that's so true. And you mentioned so true. when you go to the gym, it's not, you might be listening to some music or listening to a book, but you shouldn't be doing business. I mean, I've done that, but. I have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of that myself, you know, and I, like I said, like, I just try when I do it and I identify that I just did it, Stop then I, I immediately make a course <laughs> correction on it, you know. Cool. I know. I feel bad because I've made a Navy SEAL go well past the time he allotted me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank All God good. he's a few great. states. Thank God he's a few states away. So, tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, I know you have a few. Tell us a little bit about your business and how we can reach out. And what I'll do is I'll put a link to any of your uh, websites in the show notes, along with a link to your LinkedIn profile. So, tell us a little bit about who you serve with your businesses. Yeah. So again, you know, Cardamax, it's, we're obviously veteran owned. We're American made. We, we also give back to our military guys. So what we do every month or every week, sorry, we actually ship a free care package downrange to soldier, sailors, Marines, airmen, uh, just as a sign of our appreciation to those guys that are still serving our country. We did it to first responders, um, nurses, and others as well. Actually, today's the day that normally we ship that package out, and today it's going to go to uh, a Navy uh, corpsman down in North Carolina that uh, filled out our form for us on our website, and and, and they're going to get it. So it's something that we nice. love to do just internally as a, as a company. But, you know, I also did, I had the guys create a, a 50% off discount and it's just code truckers. They'll get 50% off their first order if they want to try some of our uh, amazing products. Um, like I said, they're, they're great for on the road just to carry with you on the go anywhere you're at. So you give me that link, I'll put it in the show notes and you guys can reach out. And um, it's, it's really, it's, I love what you said about, uh, having that 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 social message i think some more and more companies more and more consumers are buying from companies that that care about you know you mentioned the american made i think we're going to see a lot of companies that are going to do more of that as we nearshore more and more stuff none of us liked none of us liked the supply chain problems we've had in recent years and it does it does kind of make sense for a lot of this stuff to come back and be in the u.s what about your other businesses yeah, so Matbach is a gear technology company that primarily develops innovative technologies and products for military, law enforcement, first responders, outdoorsmen. Um, you know, we we sell um, one of our, like I said, one of our best-selling products is our our night vision goggle accessory, and so hunters use that for them. Uh, it allows them to see near and far at the same time under night vision goggles. So we created these to 
really helped shift in an industry that was a lot of just copycats making the same stuff everybody else was making. It's all made here in the United States. It's all made by hand. And uh, we're really proud of that. Excellent. Well, Sean, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Really appreciate this. Is really It's good to hear your story, but it's also just, it's good to know that a lot of the stuff that you, you know, learned as a Navy SEAL and stuff you applied as a Navy SEAL has it application for those of us in the work world you know it just this it's i mean it's it's to some to some extent it's kind of like um apple pie and motherhood stuff this is stuff you might have learned from your grandparents or your or your parents but it's it never hurts to get the reminder because i think even the most disciplined people and i'll throw probably throw you in that bucket still needs to kind of push yourself to do these things because it's real easy to, it's the easiest thing in the world to say i'm I used to be disciplined or I'm, I'm sometimes disciplined. We all need to do better. That's for sure. Thank you so much, Sean. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.